Hello listeners of Talking Cast. You are about to listen to episode 11. Unfortunately, there was a problem on the guest host's track which was not apparent until after the recording had been made. I have tried to fix it as much as I can, but there are still some flutters that remain on the track. Hopefully it will not spoil your enjoyment of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, samurais, or saviors, or are they demented love the punishment? I can't be sure. But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force to make it laugh so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor. Welcome to A Talking Cast. I'm your co-host, Sammy. I'm your other co-host, Dylan Miller. And I'm your guest, John McCoy. Welcome back, John. Thanks. Glad to have you back. So we are here with episode 11 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. For those of you following at home, this minute 11 is uh, starts at 10.01 and ends at 11. We are across the forest with the other family that our hero cat, Duffy, is to help. This starts with the mom saying, I'm sure it would, in reference to her daughter's impending startup company, and <laughs> moves straight into, stop bugging mom about business college. <laughs> I have a feeling that they were sitting on this this uh, script since about 1995 <laughs> with all the sanguine way that they treat dot-coms here that, you know, it's just money for the taking. If you make a thing on those internets, just the money just starts rolling in. I think Phil proves that in this universe, the universe of a talking cat, that's how you make the big bucks, you know? Her business must be selling, uh, you know, masking tape to cover up the logos on... Uh, Apple uh, power books. <laughs> <laughs> but really, this girl is an entrepreneur. Her mom's keeping her down. Like, Yeah, I, I love the sheer entitlement uh, of just yelling at your mom because she d- can't afford to like provide you a scholarship to business school. <laughs> Business college. <laughs> business college. Business college, excuse Sammy. me. Yeah, let's let's uh, talk about the brother and the sister's argument here oh, for a man. second. <laughs> Please let us do that. It starts with quit bugging mom about business college, and then something about like, well, at least I have dreams and direction and a purpose. It devolves very quickly. Well, this is another one of those scenes where they um, keep cutting back and forth between the people talking. And they've they've staged it so they seem to be talking at sort of 45-degree angles to each other. So they're kind of like staring off into the the distance, sort of like they're in a Bergman film or something. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was really interesting about this is they start playing this, like, strangely jaunty version of Down in the Valley in the background, (laughs) which is an American folktale from the 
19th century, but which I associate mostly with like uh, grapes of wrath or something. You know, it's like <laughs> you figure that they're trying to make some sort of a statement about how poor this family is. But they, I mean, they seem to be doing okay for themselves. They're, they've got this house, albeit in the middle of the woods somewhere. But. I mean, clearly the land around it has value because there's the rich people right over there. So, well, we don't know how far that is, you know. So anyway, we've got this argument going on. There's this. The mom has a throwaway line that uh, confused the hell out of me, where after the daughter talks about wanting to go to business college, she goes, you're too brilliant and smart. And I think the next line is going to be, you shouldn't go to business school, you should go to, you know, Harvard or something. But instead she says, for your own good, with the uh, implication of... You're smart, but you're never going to be able to go to college because I can't afford it. Yeah. It's like, why couldn't I have a stupid daughter that could be less expensive? She could just get married off barefoot and pregnant at 16. She would be happy with my cheese puffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and she says something like, um, your mother can't even afford visible shoes. Yeah. <laughs> like... Your shoes are missing, but that's a really awkward way to phrase that. Now, the shoes are fascinating because there's that, you know, the, 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 it's the motivating um, drive for the scene is the mother trying to find these shoes. And then the, the, the son mentions the shoes, and there's a cutaway to the shoes yes. <laughs> outside. One of the strangest cutaways ever. It's just like, here they are. He's not, he's not wrong, guys. <laughs> Yeah, aren't they outside? Evidence. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know it, it violates all kinds of of uh, film school rules about there has to be a point of view here. I guess unless that's Duffy, we're seeing briefly through Duffy's eyes these shoes. There's some sort of there's some other omniscient eye out there that's casting its glance over all this world and judging what they're saying. Yes. And I liked how his uh, the brother just says, "Hey, aren't you sure your shoes outside?" And the sister's reaction is, "Suck up!" Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's being a total kiss up by like telling his mom where her shoes are. <laughs> we had an agreement. We were never going to tell mom where to find any of her clothes. If mom is ever desperately looking for something and freaking out. Do not assist her. So this is like a conspiracy. She's hidden all of her mom's shoes. <laughs> Well, maybe, until so she, she coughs up the dough for business college. Trent's a total suck-up and tells his mom where the shoes are, and then he helps her carry, continuing Friends. to be a major suck-up, carries her food out to the porch, where the mom's first line is, is that a cat? Again, I, I feel like we're in some future where there are no cats. Or it just it's just amazing to me how excited everyone is by that, you know, by that fact, that there's a cat. I mean, they, they must live a life of, of, of complete wonder and childlike uh, joy everywhere they go. Is that a car? <laughs> Are these my shoes? Is that a tree? Wow. In the shot when she exits the door, there's clearly no cat in that shot. <laughs> and then it cuts to a point of view, and there is Stuffy. She just kind of, like, vaguely looks down and is like, is that a oh, cat? Oh, hi there. A cat. Yeah, hello there. And then Duffy appears. Magic. Yep. And there's Duffy, waiting to to help this family. You know, clearly the most important part of the shot of Duffy and the shoes is the visible <laughs> laser pointer that is uh, Q 
keeping the cat's attention on the shoe. Just just barely keeping the cat's attention on the shoe. <laughs> yeah, the minute the, 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 the laser pointer turns off, that cat is out of there. <laughs> yeah. The cat wants nothing to do with those shoes, obviously. And I think the best thing is that the, the shoes are really shiny and reflective, so like just by having like one point of the laser somewhere it like it like shows up in three other places it, it's one of those things that's hilarious to 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 see it's it's difficult to talk about because it's just so absurd on the face face of it there's not much more you could say about the fact it's just like you know, in in if this were at all a good movie, it'd be one of those things where you'd be like, "Oops, they messed up." But in this one, it's just like it just adds to the general like, "What is? What am I looking at?" That like it just adds to the general train wreck. Well, it's it's interesting because I uh, I was here for for minute nine and and being here for minute eleven, these are both the the moments at which Duffy makes himself known to the families involved, and in in both cases, his his the the first time they see him is they just see his butt flying by (laughs) i think there's something you know i think the 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 filmmakers to the extent that they're trying to go for anything are trying to make him into this magical wanderer you know (laughs) did you see him did you not was it just the air (laughs) but he's but the cat that they chose is such a a a plump bored Cat, cat. You know, there, there, there are cats that are more in, that are more photogenic. There are cats that are more engaged. This is a cat that just does seriously does not give a shit about anything. And um, I mean, I suppose that fits with uh, the voice they chose for him. But I mean, that's yeah, can't argue with that. Yeah, I mean, my initial thought upon like watching the credits and seeing how it just showed like this cat just doing regular cat things. I was like, I was like, this must be made by somebody who like really loves their cat and just wants everybody to see how great their cat is. But now I just think they were just like, we needed a cat. Who has a cat? Oh, here's a cat. <laughs> I don't think they could afford a cat that could that could actually uh, act in this film. So they just uh, they had to get someone who was a cat that had yet to get its SAG card. This cat's really more of like a like a Garfield personality than a, any sort of magical, whimsical being. And yet his dialogue really wants to make him out to be some fount of wisdom, you know. And, and that fount of wisdom is, boy, these woods are great. Yeah, uh, Andrew and I were talking about this in a minute, too, I think. Uh, during his, like, opening monologue uh-huh. before the credits. And I think Andrew... <laughs> was describing it as uh, like a sophomore's like college paper. It's so f- fake deep. I do, I do hope to hear some more speculation on exactly what the hell uh, force in the universe is, is unleashing this cat. Because, you know, you'll get into, into the, next, the next minute is, is when he says, you know, I found the people I'm supposed to help. And I'm like, supposed to? It was preordained that this super rich family of assholes and... Is Duffy called into existence by these people's <laughs> need? Or is he always out there looking for more people in need? Or is there some kind of, like, higher-up cat that tells him... The king of the cats. <laughs> just sends out these talking cats who can only speak to people one time. Is there a cat god? Is Duffy a cat angel? Yeah, I mean, this movie definitely crosses into some touched by an angel territory. I also think that people are, are way too quick to uh, listen to his advice once it's given. 
I don't. I don't think cats are necessarily any smarter than the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, like if a if some random like some stray cat that you've seen a couple times comes up and tells you something about how you should be living your life, are you going to follow that advice? Duffy should become a therapist. Yeah, a therapist you can only see once. In this in this minute, you know, when he shows up sniffing these shoes after the son has already clearly told his mother where it is, it seems like he's he wants to kind of get on board with some of the credit for that. So maybe <laughs> that, that's the really way he real way he operates. He, he finds people who are going to work it out anyway and then just kind of slips in to get some credit there. Oh yeah, he just wants the glory. To sum up, siblings are assholes and... And Lisa is too brilliant and smart for her own good. She should stop bugging her mom about business college. Alright, well... I think that about sums up Minute 11. Thank you for listening to A Talking Cast. I've been Sammy. I've been Dylan. And this is John. Can't get enough of Talking Cast. If you enjoyed it and you want to stay up to date with our future episodes, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cast, Or follow us on Twitter at atalkingcast. And you can help out the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Bye. Bye. Minute by minute. That's what they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 11 of A Talking Cast, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody ever asked for. Your host was Dylan Reed Miller with co-host Sammy C and guest host John McCoy. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kowaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A talking cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. Rest in peace, Daya Hernandez.